Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back, and as usual, thank you for listening. And don't forget that yours truly, L.A. Blackburn, does have some books available that are on Amazon under L.A. Blackburn, uh, Christian Fiction, and I've got one on on Joseph, actually. But no, today, the topic is Fuel for Renewal. Fuel for Renewal. I've got some friends, and these uh, are seminary-trained people, and they're super smart, both of them, and they've mentioned to me, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen next, and I think I've mentioned this Everything is kind of in flux. If you watch news, no matter where it is, you know, people are having a lot of anxiety. Uh, Politically and economically and things of that nature. And if you think I haven't been shaken up a bit, um, and this is not to drop a bummer or, you know, a downer on anybody, but I lost my niece uh, very suddenly uh, to a heart condition that took her very quickly, and she was in her 30s. That's very young. And uh, there's other things I could mention, but let's just say that it's challenging. It's challenging. For everyone. Now, what is it, though? What is it that we could do? I think more than anything, especially at this time, renewal is a fantastic word. I don't tend to gravitate to the word revival. Because I think revival ends up getting used a lot and overused. And then, unfortunately, there's been a lot of uh, things attached to that word. Not that it's a bad word. It's just that, unfortunately, now it's got a lot of extra stuff people uh, have attached to it, like showmanship and fraudulent this, that, and the other. But I love the word renewal. And the reason I like renewal is, number one, if you have God, this if you have a relationship with Jesus, this is a perfect time (laughs) to draw him closer. And the wonderful thing is, is that if you draw him closer, he'll draw you closer. I mean, you may you, you may pull a quarter of the way, and he'll pull three quarters, definitely. You know, you'll you'll slide in there for the one armed hug, and he'll give you a full full uh, double armed 
uh, hug around the neck. That's how God works it. Now, I'm going to give you some fuel for renewal and just some things to think about. And these are verses I use on a regular basis. I mean daily. I really do try to remember these particular verses. The first is really an attitude, okay? Because in order to have renewal, you got to renew your mind. There was, uh, in, in the Psalms, I believe, uh, a section where David says, Create in me a new heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And David had sinned um, some pretty big ones. So, I mean, and, and had a guy killed. So if you think, you know, oh, well, David's too good for me. Well, I got to say this. Um, he does pretty crazy stuff. And God, God himself called David his friend. Said David's a friend. So there is hope for people to get close to God. But you have to have the attitude, <laughs> the attitude of gratitude, so to speak. Now, first verse that always pops up in my head, and I try to keep it up there, is Psalms 19.14. And it says this, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, here's what that says. Number one, it's a plea. It's not a demand. You're not telling God anything. You're asking him to help you. And he will. See, if you ask God for his help with the right attitude, he will help you. Now, if you if you're expecting a certain kind of help, okay, you got to remember that God is, uh, God's not a chauffeur. So God is a father, so he helps you the way he knows you need to be helped. Not always the way we want to think, hey, this is how I need to get helped. But, just controlling what comes out of your mouth, the words. Because what you say really says a lot about what you got inside your gut. It says a lot about who you are. So, that's what's coming out. And then he says, the meditations of my heart. What are you thinking about? It's God in your thought process during the day. Now, I don't mean you have to sit there and, you know, meditate on them all day and, you know, and, and, and say mantras and jazz. That's not what I'm getting at. I mean, when you make a decision, do you ask him? Do you give a short prayer? Hey, God, please give me some guidance on this, would you? Please. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to, you don't have to read the, the Book of Common Prayer. You can and I think it's pretty cool, actually. But here's the thing. You don't have to. 
because God can do impromptu. Now, so this psalmist is saying he wants what he says and what he thinks to be acceptable in the sight of God. God sees everything inside and out. He sees it all. And that all capital for O Lord means Yahweh. That means the name, the God, the one and only. But then the psalmist says, my rock and my redeemer. So, not only is God somewhere you can stand, he's something, he's someone you can stand with. Wherever he's standing, that ground ain't moving. And he's my redeemer also, which means, hey, there's nothing God can't save if you want and you're willing to call and ask him. Now, that's the first verse. The second, it's actually in Proverbs. And this one's kind of interesting because I think it... it because it says something that, that a lot of people just think, oh man, that's crazy. Especially your uh, your name it, claim it, get rich quick uh, evangelists. So, Proverbs thirty eight and nine says, "Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me." Least I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or least I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Now, the interesting part is I actually left out verse 7. <laughs> so let me, let, me, let me back up and say this one more time. So, Proverbs 30, starting in verse 7 this time. And this is someone talking to God. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. And give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Least I be full and deny you and say, Who's the Lord? Or least I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Now, here's here's something that that I think's super super fascinating. On uh, at least the psalmist or the the proverb writer here. And this is a plea to God. And this is really kind of man's thinking, trying to align their thinking toward God because it says a lot about human nature it says first of all remove from me falsehood and lying so hey I don't want people lying to me keep them away from me please but I don't need to be lying to other people please don't let me do that so help me do those things that's human nature I mean this writer understands humans then he says, give me neither poverty nor, poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. In other words, just take care of me for what I need from day to day. He says, 
least I be full, and deny you, and say, who's the Lord? And that happens. People with a lot of money sometimes. You know, not money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And when you start relying on your resources instead of the source of your resource, which is God, that's when you're in trouble. Because, as it's the psalmist, the proverb writer here says, you you know, deny you and say, who's the Lord? Yeah, he said, well, you know, I got plenty of money. Why do I need God? But then the flip side of that is, or at least not be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So this psalmist also, or this proverb writer also understands that, dude, if you got to feed your family <laughs> and you're starving, that, that possibility comes in the brain pan. And this is a plea for God to help. God won't ignore that. Because that's gut-level honest. That's what that is. That's gut-level honest. Now, the last verse is Hebrews 11.6. Now, Hebrews 11.6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Okay, now get, get this. This is a two-part whammy. Whoever would draw near to God first must believe that he exists. Why would you draw near to somebody you don't, you don't think exists? And he does exist. And then that the mere fact of acknowledgement puts your brain and your heart in the right sequence, you know, or attitude toward God so he can work with you. But it's not just that. The you know the writer of Hebrews could have just stopped right there. You know, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can't because you can't work. It's got to be. It's got to be faith, and faith is not based on fiction. Faith is based on solid fact. But it's fact after the faith, not before. See, the the, the writer could have just ended. You know, and must believe that he exists. Bing. But no, no, no. And that he rewards those who seek him. Yeah. Yeah. God rewards those who seek him. Now, are those rewards like monetary? Am I going to get a boat and a new house and acres and acres of land and all kinds of fancy jazz? Maybe, maybe not. But the rewards, I guarantee you, you will appreciate and you will say, wow, that's fantastic. That's where the reward is. And by the way, sometimes we don't thank, thank, thank him for the rewards we get. He makes things happen for us in our lives and we don't thank him. 
because we we think, oh, well, you know, I did that. Well, yeah, I mean, you were involved in it, but hey, guess what? You know, God worked with you. It was your 25 and his 5,000%. <laughs> your 25% and his 75 million percent. But God can work with you. But you have to meet him where he's at. Now, these verses, if you'll think about them, post them somewhere. You know, write them down in something that you carry. And just kind of read them. Try to read them every day if you can. You don't have to read them a thousand times, but they say that if you read something ten times a day for ten days, then you'll actually memorize it. But I'm not sure that that formula is scientific, but hey, I'm willing to give it a shot. But here's the thing. It'll help renew your mind. It will help do what David asked God for, and that was create in me a new heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. And when you have a right spirit within you and you're sinking with God, there's nothing that can stop you. Why? Because you have the flow of the living God. So there is in itself some fuel for renewal and no matter how crazy Chaz gets no matter how wild no matter how weird no matter how sweetly crazy crazy the news gets draw closer to him I don't mean you know grab your bible and run out in the middle of the wilderness I'm saying Pray. Talk to him. If you can't think of something to say, use the Book of Common Prayer. Use the Psalms. I like to love to use the Psalms because it's like a prayer book into itself. And sometimes I use a Jewish prayer book. But pray. Talk to him. Just talk to him. That's really what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation between you and God, and you can be as conversational as you want. And guess what? You're not going to hurt his feelings. You give him respect during your prayer and go with a respectful attitude. That's cool, but God is big enough to take your frustration, your anger, and walk you through whatever, whatever you need. So, with that, I want to encourage you to stay in the Word and don't stop, but keep on speaking it on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the Word in boldness and truth. Bless all of your efforts.